Welcome back. This is Ken, and this is season two. A series of conversations between friends, lovers, and family on what it means to be Ken. It's me, Sarah, and well, just me now. Since season one, Axel has made his own Ken and become a dad. Congratulations! So he's on paternity leave from Ken, and I don't really have a partner on Ken now, so I keep on asking my husband Sam to fill in as like an interim host, but he keeps on saying this to me. I sneakily recorded him. Would you be the host for a while with me? Why not? Why not? Sam! Sam's not gonna do it. Anyways, Ken is back and I'm really excited to share some new stories with you. Um, Axel and I recorded these last year and earlier this year. So if you don't subscribe to Ken already, be sure to on iTunes or SoundCloud. Also, it's really helpful if you rate and review us on the iTunes store. Ken is also on Twitter at Ken Podcast. And if you have a friend, lover, family member, somebody you're related to, you like, you share something with, and you want to have a conversation with them on the podcast, get in touch with me at kinpodcast at gmail.com. Now, on to our first episode of season two. This is Natalie, her auntie Susan, and cousin Jennifer. I was born and bred in Edinburgh, but our family are mixed heritage. So my mum is half Cameroonian and half Scottish. My mum is Auntie Susu's older sister, but my dad is Nigerian. So I am a half Nigerian, a quarter Cameroon and a quarter Scottish, but that's different for, for Auntie and Jennifer. Jennifer's the same as you. Nigerian. Apart from her dad's from Ivory Coast. Yes. Basically, ah. that makes me an eighth Nigerian, an eighth Cameroonian, quarter Scottish and half Ivory. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big champion of, like, my experience is who I am, my heritage is how I look, right. but my experience is my identity. So I always say I'm Scottish, first and foremost. Mm. But then, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, that's excavated and mined, you know, really where you're from. Mm. You know, really where yes. you're from. When you like Edinburgh and then it goes on and then you're like, what you mean is where is my mum and dad from? Yeah, um, and that, that's my experience of growing up in Scotland as well, mm. is what people see visually is not always how you feel or how you think people see you mm. visually. And so then yeah. you'll say, um, my dad's from Scotland, my mum's from Cameroon, and the only thing they'll hear out of that statement is, my mum's from Cameroon. Yeah. And then they'll just start talking, ah, oh, right, so you're from Cameroon. And they'll just completely <laughs> like, no, no. And I always find that really interesting, and I think, so it's almost as though they only hear and see what they feel comfortable or what they think mm. you know makes sense to them. I think they see, well they they see the they see the color first, right? Yes. I think when people when people ask you about your heritage, they they think of white and black. Mm. That's ba- that's not great, but mm. they think of white and black, England white, Africa black, mm. and they immediately mm. want to get to where the black comes from i think mm. that's where so, it's so i guess what i would argue is let's not say where you're from yeah let's see where's your heritage from where your parents from completely because it's a shorthand right i meant to understand what you mean by that and actually where i'm from is scotland 
it. Yeah. And so, and it just, it's just awkward for everyone. And I stood beside um, someone who was white and from Yorkshire. And this woman said to me, oh, where's your accent from? And I said, um, Scotland. She's like, no, it's not. She's like, because I, I knew that you, pointing to the white Yorkshire woman, mm. were from Scotland. And she was like, I'm not actually from Scotland. <laughs> it was just like awkward for everyone. And I think my issue is about this kind of assumption that you know more than me about where I'm from and yeah, that you, you will just am. accept mm-hmm. that and who I am exactly. And you kind of won't accept how I d- identify. Mm-hmm. I think that's my issue because I'm not ashamed of the black in me. I'm not ashamed that um, I have mixed heritage, but I think this kind of like unspoken assumption mm. that you have knowledge on me mm. that, I, that I'm withholding or don't have, I think is just problematic. So often I'm making a political statement. Like, yeah. Oh, Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. <laughs> until yeah, exactly. You come clean. But the thing is, I think it's a bit, mm. it can seem a bit more sinister somehow because in my case, I feel equally comfortable with my heritage as being half Scottish and half Cameroonian. So I almost feel as though I'm denied my Scottish heritage because people visually see me as a black person who must only have a black heritage. And in a way, Mm. as time has gone on, and being the age I am now, I almost don't even mention the Scottish heritage. Living in London for so many years, it's almost as though it's come not to matter so much. I know it, you know, mm. my family know it, but I don't have to keep making a point about there it. There is a point to me explaining that to people mm. because people don't get it. And it's almost like they want, they don't want, they, they, want, they don't want me to say that mm. I'm quite Scottish anymore. Do you know what I mean? And when, when they ask me where I'm from, if I've got a, if I've got a friend next to me, they'll be like, oh, you don't even want to ask that mm. question. It goes on forever. But in, <laughs> realistically, you want to know, and I'm telling you, but when I tell you, you're not happy with the answer almost. Mm. And although that should stop me, I should just go, you know, I'm, I'm from Ivory Coast, whatever, you know, that's half, I'm from Ivory Coast. I don't. I go into every little detail. I don't know if, if I should say this. They want me to be just African. They want me to just be like that. I can't. Because it's easier for them. It's easier for them, exactly. And I can't. But then there's sometimes they'll be like to me, oh, no. No, 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 you're quite Scottish, you, you don't get this, or no, 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 don't bother. It just depends. Yeah. It crosses, it certainly does, because there'll be times when I'm chilling with my white friends, and they're like, oh, Jen, you're embracing the white in you, and really, mm. do, you, do you know it's what I mean? I just, I just, it's yeah. really, I find it's really patronising. People get that. Like, it, it comes, like, when you're listening to certain music as well, they almost have this idea, like, this is white music, this is black music, yeah. and I listen to a range of things, and I just listen to what I feel, I like. And people always try to brand that and try to, to make it that you listen to this because you're from here or because you're the... And I don't like that. And whereas my mum, she, she doesn't mind, you know, just saying I'm from here. I, I always make sure that I make it clear, regardless of whether they want to hear it or whether they want to accept it or not, to be honest. You want to give them the full picture. Yeah. Listen, you've asked me the question. I'm going to give you the full yeah. answer instead of a short, a short yeah, hand. Because, because in, there, is, there is no there's no shortcut. There's no plain answer. I can't just say I'm Ivorian. Because I'm not. I think what what you what you're trying to explain is that when you're with your African friends, they can they feel because I've I experienced this myself. They feel that there's part of you that's not quite totally them. But then when you're with your white friends, um, they see you as just a completely black person. You're African. Your heritage is totally different from them. You're not really them, and it's almost as though the part of you that 
recognizes and feels comfortable yourself with them they don't acknowledge because yeah. they can't see you yeah. as realistically you know belonging yeah. and they don't quite accept you as being part of them and there there you are feeling perfectly comfortable with them thinking I'm home I'm with family mm. I'm feeling perfectly myself and comfortable with you and then you know some little thing will come out and you realize actually yeah. they're looking at you like a stranger or somebody mm. different so mm. you're the only one who's sitting there feeling comfortable but they're not quite comfortable because there's a little line that you know they put you across yeah. and you can't quite come over that because you're visually different mm. Yeah. Whereas when maybe if you were behind a door or something and they couldn't see you, they could perhaps relate to you better. Or maybe on the radio. Yeah. yeah. How different do you think the experience is between generations? Because I would say it's not as simple as generations because there's also locale involved yeah. here. So they are, you know, from inner city London. So, and they share that. Yeah. It's, it's different being in, you know, London because there are so many, it's a big melting pot of different groups of people. We go to Scotland. Or less every single year. Well, we did, yeah. Yeah. Apart from this summer, apart from this summer yeah. yeah. It's not like spot the black person. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. 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 Say anything it's you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's still like spot the black person. And it's funny because they do. They make comments. All of them make, have made comments. Oh gosh, you know, people are looking at us. No, no, people are looking at us. And I said, who's looking at you? No one's looking at you. So it's like they observe or have this feeling that people are looking at them a bit more obviously and I haven't even noticed. You're not at the end of that mm. game. Yeah, so probably. of course you're not aware of something that isn't being like used on you. Well, I am so Scottish. I know no other existence and yet that experience is an experience in which I am singular. So my mum is very mixed race. Um, sometimes people don't even think she's African. Um, and so my whole family never reflected me because before Jennifer, I was the darkest. The others are like the opposite mixed to us. Does that mean so? They're three quarters white, one quarter black. Right. So me, Nat, and my brother and sister uh -huh. are three quarters black, one quarter white. And me and Nat are the darkest. Right. right. And recently, I, for the past two weeks, I've been digging in that cupboard for photos of my white family that, I, that were recently sent over to show to people who would like to see these photos. I mean, recently I took in a photo to my PE teachers, my old PE teachers, anyways, I'm gonna do PE. Um, and they were like, what? So your granddad's actually white, white. I thought when you just said he was Scottish, he's black Scottish, he's white, white. And I said, yeah, I think we just went on a, a five years not believing anything Jonathan said. And that, although I let it pass, yeah. it, it hurt me. Because it's like, you don't believe me when I tell you this. Mm -hmm. But I don't question you if you were to say to me, you're, you're half this and half that. I wouldn't mm. question it, but mm. when it's mm. me, because I don't look a certain way, it's not believable. Mm. And, I don't, and I don't like that. And sometimes I do sort of feel left out. Not in the sense that, oh, I don't feel like we're, we're family, because we're family, but I feel left out in the sense that I know I'm the most different. Growing up, I've found that I've needed to prove myself the most because I am the darkest. When I'm, when I'm walking down the road with my siblings and they're like, oh, who are these? I'm like, mother and my sister. Right. They automatically assume you've got different parents. I said, no, same. Right. So then they say, well, then how's that? And then that, they, they almost don't, they start not believing what I tell them about me being this. And I find that, I think the reason I have, to, I, I have to always explain myself, I feel the need to always go into depth is because I've grown up with people not believing me and I feel like I've always had to prove myself for me to be able to feel like I fit into my own my own family. 
what happens when you can't see yourself in the world? Yeah. And also what happens when your identity is built upon being the only one? One, so I was like the only black kid in my school until I was 16. I had my first black friend at 17 when I went to university in Leicester. And it was like a whole new world to me. But actually, that was more challenging than being the only one. Sorry, it took, it, sorry. you were 17 until yeah. you had a friend. That... Black friend. So actually, it was more challenging for me to move to England and have a black friend and go, oh God, I'm not the only black person anymore. Hang on a minute. And then I find out there are more black Scottish people. I'm like, but I'm the only one. It was interesting because I, um, I guess I display very African. Like people always know I'm Nigerian because of my body structure, and with that comes a kind of burden of people expect me to be Afrocentric, so to know lots about Africa. I don't know nothing. I don't know what ethnic group I come from. I don't speak the language. I learn how to cook the food from YouTube, not from my mum. Like okay. you know, and yet I always so I always feel like I'm letting people down because they kind of expect me to be something I'm not and and that was I guess crystallized when I'm when I actually had a kind of entry into the black community and realized that I wasn't them and I wasn't like them and what did that mean from mm. from my version of blackness like I used to and this is awful to admit but I used to refer to myself as a bounty like white as in the what? middle a bounty oh, to right. racist or a slur coconut. yeah and I used to Oreo was another. Yeah. See, I always thought Oreo was just mixed race. No. 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 I'm learning lots. It's it's the inner. So anything the inner. that is right. Yeah. Right. And it's awful. Absolutely awful. I'm disgusted at a kind of teenage self who referred to herself in that. But I but I felt I felt like I wasn't black. Whatever black like black equaled something. And it wasn't that. And of course, black is just me. My version, you know, I am... Yeah. Is it tiring? Mm. Yes, it is really tiring. It's really tiring to, to constantly be reminded that my existence in Britain, in theatre, in the world is political. My existence in a room equals something. And I'm just me. So there's like a whole discussion around natural hair and, ha and and the things we do with our hair is, is political, even if you have a weave just because you like having a weave or you like have natural hair just because you like how it feels, whatever. It's it's read as political. So natural hair equals a kind of like black power. Yeah. Um, society will say that weave equals you're not like down with your ethnicity. Right. right. Yeah, you're trying to be European yeah. or, you know, and all that is read upon your choices. So you don't have much choice in where you you know, politicising yourself or not. When I was little, I had my hair out and then I chopped it all off. I was in primary, my hair started growing back. It was thick, it was healthy. Um, I started secondary school and I just I just thought, I, I'm going to start braiding my hair. Um, and I was really inexperienced because, as I said, I'd never grown up with, do you know what I mean, being somebody who had their hair braided all the time and stuff like that. I'm talking with extensions now, right? Yeah. So this made it longer or whatever. I took out my braids and I decided to go natural. And I was so nervous to do that because I was worried what people would think because I'd had my hair in braids for so long. I, I thought, well, if I take my hair, what's that, what's, how is that gonna change the way I I look? What's what people gonna think about me now that I've changed this hair? Because typically in African teens, they have braids. Don't, don't you see weaves or braids like, yeah. or relaxed hair? And I thought that if I took this out, I'd seem less African, I'd fit in less. Right, and when I took my hair out, I just went with it, got a lot of encouragement. But then I started getting comments like, "Your hair's long for a black girl," 
you must be mixed with this. Mm. How come your hair's this? How come it's this? So automatically, it's like, oh, well, you don't have to worry because you can do this with your hair. You don't have to worry because your hair won't become like this. Oh, you don't need this umbrella. Even though your hair will go frizzy, it still looks aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And that just, that really ticked me off. My hair's my hair. And that shouldn't change the way I'm seen. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm, I'm still who I am. My roots are still what they are. My heritage is still what it is. And the way my hair looks, the way I decide to do my hair, shouldn't, shouldn't change. Do you know what I mean? The way people see me, if that makes sense, Mum. Well, they see you differently now. Yeah. Because now I've got this certain hair, hair. They're like, oh, that can't be her hair. She's got to have weave. Oh, yes, I, I get people yeah, pulling, yeah, my, get that, people yeah. pulling my hair, trying to feel for tracks. And the last time I was in Africa, I was seven, and I got my hair relaxed in my um, grandmother's farm. And that, I think, was all me. I wanted relaxed yeah. hair because straight hair equal beauty and I wanted exactly. to be beautiful. There's also that as well. What is the difference between somebody saying, what is your heritage versus what is your ethnicity? My, so my heritage is my history is my ethnicity. Roots. Yeah. It's stuck together, isn't it? Yeah. If you're black, mm. isn't it? Whereas if you're white, it might be different. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, Might because be. your ethnicity is white, but you could your heritage could Might be, be Italian American. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, no, sorry, sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry. Axel always sorry. discounts my identity. I don't discount. I don't discount it. It just makes me laugh. Go on. Well, I am. Oh yeah. It's fine. I'm sorry. Where are you from? What's your heritage? <laughs> What's your heritage? Right. So my heritage, I'm half Ukrainian, half Italian. That's really. Interesting. That's, yeah, Kosar. That's a good mix. Kosar. Didn't know that. Yeah, I don't really talk about my Ukrainian heritage. No, you don't. Why? Why not? I don't know. It's not, I, it's not I as like, sexy as Italian, is it? I like pasta. <laughs> no, um, I think my family, it's just more centred around being Italian. The thing about our Caucasian neighbours is, if you said, I'm half Italian, I'm not going to... I'm not going to challenge you on it. No. And, the, and, and what happens if you don't give an answer that meets the aesthetic mm. with our uh, African community is that you that it will be challenged. That's why are you, are you are you just fully French? Yeah, yeah, fully, yeah, fully, yeah, fully. Right, fully. Up here, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, three. So I spent three years when I was little in France, but the, the English keep trying to make me. English. Because you sound so English, you look so English. Yeah, well, I look so English. Well, you see, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, I was, I, earlier I was, earlier I wanted to kind of relate it to my experience, and I was like, oh, it's not the same thing. I have smidgens of understanding. Smidgens. Yeah. So if I said, where are you from, what would you say? I usually say I'm French. For me, it's just political in a kind of airy-fairy kind of way. So when you say you're French, people say, really? Yeah, really. Hey. No, you're not. And then you get into, and then you get into sort of like, Oh, but you know, you you don't sound French. Well, no, I've been living here for twenty five odd years. Oh, did you go to school in France? Yeah, sort of. I went to kindergarten, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you're English. No, because yeah, I don't have. Nice. I don't you have see that funny paradox. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, completely. Take this... you into the English fold. How yeah. often would you say people ask you where are you from? Every time I meet a new person. I will get asked. It's actually mostly black people who are challenging me on my uh, heritage. Really? Yeah. I've got a bunch of white friends who all listen to rock too, mm. and they don't, they go, what? They're surprised. Like, what? You listen to rock? Mm. What? Because actually one of my friends kind of got me into it. Even though when I was little, mum used to play things like Nirvana, didn't you, mum? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Bits and pieces. Um, so I've just 
growing up, and I just grown up anyway, liking what I like, and they're just kind of like, what, you listen to rock? And I'm just like, yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. But when I go to my African friends, I'm not gonna listen to rock. They don't listen to rock. They don't, they don't, they don't listen to rock, so they don't get, they don't get how I could listen to rock. So did you hear about the district um, hoo-ha where some girls got knocked back from district because they were considered too black? What's, oh, yes, what's district? That. District is a West End nightclub. Okay. So, um, yeah, because they were know. what? Too black. Um, Wait, marks. Yes, there were court marks there. Wait, um, what? <laughs> district is a club in the West End. Thanks. Some girls got kicked out because they were too. Were not black. allowed in. Right. Right. They so were so not the allowed mix, in because so they the were too black. Girl was allowed. Was allowed. And in. What does "too black" mean? Were they talking about the color of their skin? Yeah. yeah. Talking about the color of skin. Talking about the thing is, black doesn't isn't just a an adjective. It's not just a describing word. Well, it is, but it also describes um a lifestyle and an attitude. Yeah. Actually, yeah. is how it's used in. In Britain, yeah, um, expected to dress a certain way. Yeah, it, act a certain way. Yeah, speak a certain way. Like it becomes a shortcut for certain things. So actors have told me things that people have said about them, like, "Oh, you're pretty for a black girl." There's always like the for a black girl, like that is that equals a certain you're well spoken you're an exception. for a black girl. Yeah, yeah. I but guess I've got I've gotten that a couple of times. That your existence is an exception. Mm-hmm. And also, I go, um, I've got debating today. The black debating. Jeez, that's posh. So me, like me, me wanting to, do you know what I mean? Talk about current affairs. Talk about, do you know what I mean? Argue and support it with facts is is sort of like a posh thing. Like, I, don't, I don't get that. And even in my area where I live, there's people that I've, I've grown up with. But nowadays, when they see me, they say, "What school do you go to?" And I say, "I go to a school in Wimbledon." What? You go to some posh school, man. You're posh. You're so white. And I don't, I don't get that. This is not about white people commenting. This is actually white or black. Yeah, yeah you know, but this, this is across the board. Across yeah. the board. This is I not... think that's that's what's so. I mean, for me, for me, it's that's what's so strange. When they say these things, like that's some kind of past memory for me. Right. You know, so it's not yeah. something that is my day to day experience. Yeah, where it seems very where much it seems it is to yours. Be, yeah, it actually yeah. is, and it's like that's what, as I was saying. It happens so much. It's I've tried just. I kind of just know not to think too much of it. You know, sometimes it does get to me. Sometimes you just don't say anything because you don't want to be perceived as the angry black woman, like, yeah. and that silences you. Um, and it's exhausting. But I think the that kind of trope of mm. you know sassy black woman who's got you know who's angry and has got a problem with everything means that sometimes it's just you don't want to be that girl. So I'm not going to say this thing, or I'm not going to pull you up on that thing that you said. That's how I am, actually. In school, I feel as though I, I, I have to be careful with what I say, or I have to suppress things things that I'm feeling, do you know what I mean? Because I don't want to be perceived as that sort of person. Mm. But then again, there's times when I'm just thinking, do you know what, do you know what I mean? Like, just sort this, like, I'm just going to say it. And if you don't like it, that's just but- you. The, the thing people always say to me is, oh, you're so well-spoken, I wouldn't have expected this of you. Blah, 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 blah. But I don't. I can I can be, do you know what I mean? I don't know if it's right to say this, but I can be hood, I can be black, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But 
I don't understand why I should be that all the time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, why can't I? Why can't I? Mm. Why can't I be in the debate yeah. club? Why can't I live where I live but still come to this school? And Absolutely. Just, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why can't I say what don't I want to say without coming mm. across as not said a angry black woman who always has opinions that people don't agree with? Mm. Because do you know what I mean? Because there's people will, will say things that nobody agrees with, but at the end of the day, it's what they feel. Do you like to flit in between being hood and being the debating person? Or do you not bother? When I was young, um, it was harder to be accepted for your blackness. So I remember I used to try and make my bum smaller. So I used to do this like exercise which was supposed to like reduce your backside. <laughs> so what you, the key kind of standout stereotypes of black people are like big bums, you know, big lips and that sort of thing, to be accepted, to be considered attractive, you had to kind of like really, you didn't, you couldn't be obviously black and then be considered attractive. So you were always a girl who the boys didn't chase mm-hmm. when you were playing kiss catch and that sort of thing. That type of th- was very difficult for me growing up. What I think is good now, though it may not be helpful across the board, is that blackness in looks has become has become popular and trendy so you've got people putting bum implants injecting their lips to be fuller you know and somehow i feel this is due this is due this is like about time that people should you know embrace and celebrate you know Certain aspects, no, of but two black. two things. One, yeah, you're allowed a big bum, but you're not allowed a, a big stomach, right? So it's it's yes, aspects of the yeah. black structure, but but well, not in it. People haven't necessarily got big stomachs. No, no, no. But I mean, like you're only allowed certain bits of mm. what it means to be of bl- of black heritage, right? Yeah. So, still so without the, without the darkness. They want certain aspects yes. of the future. Yeah, so we're not embracing yeah. Yeah, what it is so to be black. It's like mm. we're pick, picking that our hair's not acceptable either. And then the second thing is, yeah. what happens when it's no longer trendy? What does that mean mm. for Jennifer and I? Right? Well, what does it mean for me now, to be honest? Because the black girls, yeah, who don't have those aspects, because not every black girl has that. Mm. Do you know what I mean, I don't have the biggest bum mm. on the planet. Do you know mm. what I mean? I haven't got that typical... Do you know what I mean? I my mum always says to me, there's those African girls who are expected to have these aspects but don't, who aren't being looked at, mum. Do you know what I mean? I so even so in society, it's not even... It's not even like, do, we're, we're not grateful. Yeah. We're not grateful for this whole trend being accepted. It should... It's not even sending the right message out. Like, mm. oh, you need to have thick thighs, small waist. Like, why? Yes, certain... Certain people have these aspects but not everybody does so what does it mean for the black girls who don't have that those slimmer black girls you know your people are moving forward you're being integrated even if you might not be happy about the way it's you're going about it but those are certain aspects that it's showing that people find attractive physically certain of these attributes which they didn't before before you were totally unacceptable and ugly it's it. so problematic that you're thankful for well, a small just step forward. Shows down, just shows how down Todd and I was when I was growing up. Exactly. Yeah, it's, mom, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's a... But I, so I'm seeing it as a bit of a progression where oh, you babe. guys are still, still not accepting. Oh, babe! Which is good. Oh, it's just, <laughs> I, 
you don't have to constantly be trying to hide your shape, to change your shape. At least you can let your bum hang out now, whereas before you were trying to get rid of it. My friend, who is a curvaceous black woman, her and her friend, you know, on the streets of Birmingham, abused by these men saying twerk twerk I bet your beep hole smells of shit and they threw a glass bottle at her. Yeah, so these are, are these are these are girls Maybe with they've done something whether or not you they know but the booty was the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Jennifer used to like put on really tight belts and hike up her jeans and because she wanted to wear two pairs of knickers because she wanted her bum to look more curvy. And I used to say to her, what are you doing? You look lovely the way you are. You've got a great body. And the same with Stephanie. She's got a great body. But she's searching, you know, she wants to increase certain parts so they look a certain way because that's more desirable. How old is she? Coming from black boys. How old is she? She's 14 and a half. Yeah. It's, pres it's pressurising. It's pressurising to know that at this young age, you need, you need to, you need to be fixated on looking a certain way instead of getting your education and trying yeah. to and trying to get up there in life. You need to you need to be do you know what I mean? Doing all these squats, you need to be going to the gym, you need to be doing do you know what I mean? I, it it was one point where I just felt so uncomfortable with myself that every clothes I just went out and practice all the time or all, all the clothes I bought would be oversized so they'd hang a certain way. Do you know what I mean? I felt I, I, I still feel slightly pressurized but but yeah, you're overcoming that stage now, aren't you? So you're going because past I'm just it. yeah, because I'm just thinking, boy, I get, I get that you know, boys are trying to follow the trend, but it is it's wrong because like, at the end of the day, they're at the end of the day, it's it's like if if the boy is that shallow to to make comments about your body and try to put you down, just he's not worth or they're not worth trying to change yourself mm. for if that makes sense yeah mm. just go out 100%. how you are somebody who likes you for what you look like who likes you for who you are is is what you, is, is is at the end of the day what you want you don't want to have to do certain things to look a certain way to be that to be desired and lusted for as Mate, I you're said, 16 in a certain well. way i'm, I'm young it's precious I, mean, I, I shouldn't have to know, know. that at like, young age you need you need to you need to be fixated on looking a certain way instead of getting your education and trying yeah. to and trying to get up there in life you need to you need to be i think what mom's getting at is the fact that you know for those women who back in the day or mum back in the day mm. had to hide their shape can now just embrace it but obviously there will still be people who don't have that shape but you will always get someone racist using some aspect of you know your being in a negative way so you know whether it's a the twerking thing or whatever, they would have always found a way to hate you. Black women are carrying trauma. I'm talking about like two weeks ago, 11 dudes chanted, I've got knitting in my hair. That's trauma. Right. I'm not talking about necessarily like, you know, decades ago. I'm talking about my daily life. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm talking about people like bashing into me and not saying sorry. I'm talking about sitting on the tube and trying to make myself small so that I can make way for people and that never be returned. So I'm not, you know, it's not about like get over slavery. It's not about that. It's about like my daily life. Right. And and the kind of disrespect sometimes, the hatred or and I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna thank the world for choosing like now for saying that, that my bum's okay now. This was like 
a stone lifted off my chest because even though it's not, you know what I mean, huge mm. in terms of me, like, you don't know, babes. These guys, celebrities. I mean, like, I mean, like, huge. I mean, like, sorry. I mean, like, huge in terms of. Well, wait, I mean, huge in terms of like how we're sitting now. We're yeah, just chilling. We're chatting. It's not. I mean, I mean it, it's still. I still find that this has been released. Do you know what I mean, mum? Because even though when I come and talk about things, it's not been in an environment where everyone's got different views and you can explain. You know what I mean? You can have questions asked where you can give your opinion. You know, questions. I have these questions. I've got asked today. I've, I haven't never heard. You know what I mean? Never had these questions. I think what you're saying is, yeah, this this particular forum and being asked questions by, say, someone who's looking from the outside in rather than, say, me asking you. And not only that, someone looking from the outside in that's genuinely interested, genuinely asking questions that other people may have, but just, you know, haven't gotten the trust to ask or I've not been exposed to. I think this was so beneficial. I'm so glad that. I've got to come along. You know, it means something because we don't, you know, black women in society don't get the space. No. The other day, it doesn't matter. There's more to life than having a J-Lo booty. <laughs> that is true. That's a great title. <laughs> who's written the season two tracks for us on Ken. That was the first track you heard on this episode. Sam? Oh, I thought he was going to be the house, but... Bye!